This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart you can finally start to live your truthiest life. Hello and welcome back to The Truthiest Life. I'm so excited that you're here. This is a special episode, releasing it on a Wednesday versus a Friday. I thought it would be fun to use Wednesdays sometimes as maybe a wild card day. So a day where I can talk about something a little bit different than what we talk about on Fridays, which is usually a person going through a struggle and finding themselves through it. So maybe these topics will be related to what I'm going through or something I'm learning. But whatever it is, I hope you come out in better alignment, thinking a little bit more about how you can be your truthiest you. Today is a special episode. It's an anniversary one with my husband, Evan. We just hit one year together. And so we sat down and reflected on us as a unit, including answering all of your questions that were submitted on Instagram. I know a lot of people feel gypped who planned a wedding but got hit with COVID and had to cancel. And I want to make sure that you know that my intention is not to come off as insensitive. You'll learn more about me in this episode. But I want to say that micro weddings and elopements are so cool to me. COVID really burst the bubble on where weddings were going with bigger and better. And bigger is really not better. We're seeing a return to what it's about, the art of celebration and a good time with less of the stuffiness and the fluff, if you will. If you're in that situation, I just want you to trust me when I say that however you will get married or got married or whenever it will be, it will be perfect as long as you keep your focus on your relationship. That doesn't mean that you don't fight with your partner or that you have the best relationship ever, but rather you're committed to yourself, 
being yourself when you're with your partner. You're unafraid to be that person and you encourage your partner to also be their truest and best selves. I shared our ceremony details on my Instagram this week, so go ahead and check that out. I hope you get to see a little bit more of our ceremony because it was super special and intimate and I think a lot of emotion kind of comes through that that's what it's about. And so I hope you like that. One piece of advice I want to give you if you're planning a wedding in the future or right now or you know somebody who is set your intentions as a couple. I know that sounds a little woo woo or cheesy, but think about what you want to accomplish the day or night of your wedding. Whatever that is, it's yours. If it has to be the prettiest or the best food or the best music, whatever it is, make sure that it comes from the truthiest you and not the ego you. So when I first started, I cared about decor. You know, I went right on Pinterest and I saw these beautiful weddings and that's what I wanted. But when we sat down to think about, okay, what do we value? What do we want this wedding to look like? It became clear that I'd rather use my energy and my creativity and our wedding, this one night as an opportunity for our guests to get to know us together, Evan and Lisa, the unit, and feel valued for being there. When we go to weddings, we usually know one person more than the other. And I love the feeling of getting to know the couple together by the time we leave. I also really appreciate when I just feel valued for being a guest. Those details are so important. A touch that says, wow, Lisa, we care that you're in our lives and thank you for being here to make us feel special. And suddenly with that in perspective, being on Pinterest didn't matter anymore. So whatever it is, it's easy to get lost in the hoopla. The vendors are going to convince you that you need all these things or that you have to put these deposits down or you'll lose it. But remember to take a step back, to breathe and really think about what do you want and where do you want to put those resources. We'll cover more than just the wedding in this episode, talking about where we started, a funny place that will probably have you surprised to how we used to fight versus how we fight now. And listening back, I'm really proud of us. Evan and I are not quote unquote relationship goals. We are just two people that are putting in the work every day, hitting the same setbacks that you're hitting or same bumps in the relationship that you're going through. And every single day, we're just kind of falling out of alignment and coming back into alignment. And that to me is what a good marriage is, falling out and coming back together. So as a reminder, whatever's going on in your life, you haven't missed out on anything. And if you're single as well, remember, you are exactly where you're meant to be. Evan, my husband, is a super private person, and I'm just really pleased with this episode because it sounds like it's just me and Evan when no one else is around. And so I'm excited to let you in on that special moment with us, and I think you got a better feel than ever before of who Lisa and Evan are behind closed doors. So again, Evan and I are not goals, just two people who put in the work, recognizing the other isn't perfect, and holding ourselves accountable to be better than we were yesterday. Thanks for being here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. This is a bonus episode, a super special one. I've got a special guest on a special topic. It is mine and my husband Evan's first year anniversary, our one year anniversary, 365 days since the big day. And many of you know Evan, but for those of you who don't, he's right here. Hey, Evan. Hi, thanks for having me. And Evan is a interventional cardiologist, and we have been together for about six years, a little over six years in total, one year married, and I actually asked my Instagram audience to give us the question. So for today, I have this episode sectioned out in a few different ways. We're going to start with pre-marriage, then get into your wedding day questions, then talk about life post-wedding, being married. We're going to discuss fighting in relationships, something that I'm very vocal about. 
And we're going to answer the general questions that you submitted too. So for a little backstory, I think a lot of people see you and I, Evan, on Instagram, and they think that it's easy. No matter how many times I say that it's not, or I give examples of how we fight or bicker on the regular, because we do bicker all the time, I still think we'd be doing them a really big disservice by not talking about year one or year one and a half. Year one was easy. Year one was easy. It was was a good honeymoon phase. And then I moved then in. Then we moved in. I moved with in. With each other. Yeah. I moved into your apartment. And it was not an upward trajectory from there. So our relationship was like up. And then it flattened out a little bit. Went down even a little bit. Then back up. And now we've been shooting upward for a little bit of time, right? Once we moved to D.C., it was all easy. Right. What was our biggest difference between D.C. and New York? We had our own bathrooms and our own closets. Okay. <laughs> So Evan's apartment in New York City that I moved into was really meant for one man. And so I came and I am actually, people think I'm dirty. I'm not dirty. I'm messy. And disorganized. But no, also we learned how to, we learned how to deal with each other and work with each other. For sure. When we moved to DC. But setup was a big thing. Okay. But really a big part of it was that I moved into your apartment. Your systems were in place. I had been living there for over five years. It was set up and completely occupied. There were no extra shelves. There were no extra (laughs) closets. There were no cabinet space available. And you came in with lots of stuff force and in a completely disorganized way. I like my incompatible to your nature. It was different. They were very different. I like caps on my toothpaste. (laughs) You've never put a cap on a toothpaste. I like my shampoo all facing out. (laughs) You still don't understand what that means. So as you could tell, we're really different. And the differences were not as obvious when we were just dating, I guess. And we moved in and not our core differences, not our values, but our day to day things that we both need to be successful in our jobs were very different, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. So like you said, then we moved to D.C. together. And that was after about four years of dating. We weren't engaged yet. We moved for Evan's job, his final fellowship. And I was starting to get really annoyed about not knowing my future. It was several years into the relationship at that point. We met right when I started my whole beginning of my career, really. It was the beginning of cardiology fellowship. We were about three months into fellowship when we first started dating. And part of medical training, there's a lot of unknowns. You don't know where you're going for your next program. You don't know where in the country you're going to be. I mean, you remember we we weren't sure if we were living in New York, LA. DC was not even on the map at all. DC was... DC was not the, the dream for us. The dream was LA when I first met you to do your final fellowship in LA and then come back. But that didn't work out. But nonetheless, I was ready to go with you. But I was turning 30 that year. And as somebody who I think is really, you know, introspective, I was just struggling with making this big change, turning 30. We discussed marriage, but we still weren't there yet. And then we got to D.C. and, you know, something about being away from our families, no distractions, a brand new apartment where we could both bring our things and choose where they go together. Two bathrooms, as you say. Well, it started also from scratch. There was nothing on the walls when we got to D.C. There was, it was decorating, designing everything together where, as you said, you moved into my apartment before. So. so anyway, things were really great as soon as we got to D.C. and we got engaged February 2019 and we 
were married November 2019. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So first, we're going to answer the pre-marriage questions. So the first one I got was, I'm really struggling in my relationship with my boyfriend, accepting who I am as a person. I suffer from terrible anxiety, and that's always a problem. How do you both appreciate each other and accept flaws and imperfections? Looks like you want to take the lead on this one. Laughing, thinking about it in the beginning, we, me and you had very different ideas on anxiety, depression, and therapy, and a, a lot. Of, there were definitely a lot of differences in, in what we... Uh... So I'm the one with anxiety and depression, and at the time of meeting Evan, I was on many medications to function. So, you know, I was not abusing medication, but... There you had been prescribed. It was prescribed. prescribed. By, yeah, it, it was prescribed, and I was less of an avid prescription person at the time and there's certain things that people definitely need prescriptions for right. um, but there's also certain times when you do the work and you end up not eating the brute or a mix of both but nonetheless it basically what happened is one medication and then another and then another and another and before I knew it I was really needing a lot of medication nothing was high dose nothing was a, like a, a narcotic right none were like narcotics no, but, but it also doesn't mean that medications are wrong for everyone totally. it was in your situation I yes. saw why and how it got to that place mm-hmm. And there, there were a whole number of dynamics that led to it. And, you know, once you confronted what the issues were, you were able to, to better, deal with it. And cope. You were able to better cope. And mm-hmm. you know, sleep and used to, it took multiple sleep, things yeah. for you to go to sleep. And you've replaced it with different vices. But in yeah. my opinion, sleep healthier for vices. for another time, for sure. Because that's a whole whole big issue of mine. But Evan didn't come with any of these, these issues that I had come with. <laughs> So he really didn't understand my mental health and therapy, something that I've been going to since I was six years old. And I took you to therapy. That was our turning point. You agreed to come to my session. Now, whenever people ask me about this, I want to be super clear. This was not couples therapy. Couples therapy is totally great. And I'm a big advocate for couples therapy before you get to the big issues. I think it's a great way to learn how to communicate, especially because people come with different backgrounds. But just to be clear, what I'm talking about here is I was seeing a therapist regularly and I couldn't get through to Evan how it felt to be me. And I brought you to therapy and I remember we walked out and your opinion was very different. We connected a lot. We were at odds with each other. I remember that day walking into it, but we connected during that session and it helped us better understand that sometimes we want the same thing or we agreed on the same thing. We just had different approaches of, of getting to that yeah. place. Yeah, I think that Evan is definitely very stubborn, but he's not fully stubborn. With time, your mind does open. Sometimes it's a little, very, a little bit frustrating to get there, but it does open and I like that about you. Thank you very much. I am stubborn when I know I'm right. <laughs> tend to be stubborn both when you're right and when you're wrong. You really think I'm stubborn? Oh my gosh. Anyway, (laughs) moving on to the next question. Actually, one more note on that is accepting who you are as a person, accepting flaws. Um, In the beginning, this is a story that we tell all the time. I almost broke up with Evan because of his weird thing, which is not eating in other people's homes. So at that point in my life, I cooked every single meal for myself. You know, Thanksgiving at my family was important. My mom does Shabbat. I wanted to bring him there. And Evan had a, I don't in other people's homes rule. I was pretty adamant about it. I, in my last two relationships, it had been a central issue. And people probably are very confused. So for some right. context. What does that even mean? I mean, I yeah. never had food in my refrigerator growing up. It, it was always beverages. That was it. The 
there was no food and we would eat out every every single meal we'd eat out at different restaurants and for late adulthood once you guys were grown up yeah i'd say from 13 on maybe we never really had food once in a while maybe a, a family you know a special holiday dinner so it just wasn't normal for me to eat at home and I also love the experience of eating at restaurants. It's something that I look forward to. I spend all day, a weekend for me was spending all day looking at where we're going to eat on Saturday night for dinner. And that was a big part of the attention. So I know in prior relationships, it had been a big issue. I have a lot of rules when I do eat at people's Mm -hmm. homes. And it had been um, a central fighting point. So I made sure to get it out in the open right off. We were about three weeks in or so. And I was starting to like you and you were starting to like me. It was an intense three weeks, not just... Just like three weeks we saw each other once it was multiple dates per week yeah the first week i think it was five nights yeah. we went out together we so, ate out at restaurants yeah, we all ate those out at restaurants, times which but goes I, into my food journey by the way but know, we'll get to that down the i line. wasn't looking for it to be a surprise six months in that i wasn't eating at her family's thanksgiving dinner so i wanted to just put it out there right away and i thought it was worthwhile to be open and honest and let her know this is my own fault if so, you want to call it a fault yeah this, so i think that's important for people to really go into relationships relationship showing who they are sometimes you will change sometimes you won't but at that dinner I remember being like well this this guy is that's too much for me like that's too rigid of a rule I love to cook and if anyone follows me you know that I cook at home every every single night Evan wasn't even comfortable with that at the time obviously things have changed and he's been (laughs) open-minded but at the time it was like we can't eat every meal at a restaurant or out you know that's just so not who I am but really it was the family meals that I cared about that was just very foreign to me and we were at a restaurant that happened to be across the street from the guy I was dating right before Evan and I remember I went to the bathroom and And I was thinking about how the last guy made me feel after dumping me and just thinking, you know what, if this is the worst thing about Evan, I can handle it. And I came back to the table and I think I told you that and... Yeah, it was a very powerful thing, and not not the part about my ex. I just said, no, you know, you, if this is the worst. If this thing is about the worst you. thing about you that you prefer to eat at restaurants. I can live with that, and I thought that was very powerful. And it's funny when you fast forward six years later, it takes a lot to convince me to go. go to a now restaurant. that we live in Long Island, it takes a lot to convince me to eat at a restaurant. I prefer eating at home every night with you. So it's interesting how things change, and things that you think are going to be a central fighting point of a relationship become completely irrelevant down the line. This question's for me. How did you know Evan was the one after having your heart broken? So for me, when I kicked and screamed and tried to leave Evan, he didn't leave me. (laughs) So that, that sounds kind of funny, but really he broke this cycle of abandonment, for lack of a better word, that I thought that I couldn't change. And by forcing me to learn how to have conflict resolution, it created a safe place that I really needed. So Evan, how did you? Yeah, Lisa was quick to run away from things. She didn't like to confront Now you don't like to confront, and I like to confront. I mean, it it would be as little as an argument about where are we eating dinner that night? And if that would escalate and explode into an argument, Mm -hmm. she'd be packing up all of her stuff and running out the door. When did you know that I was the one after... 
so not having your heart broken, but after multiple. We were on a plane time. headed to Turks and Caicos. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> That's what he proposed. <laughs> no, there were little steps along the way. You know, that first dinner when you came back from the bathroom, that meant something even mm. before then. You know, the first day at that bar. Oh yeah. yeah Our th- second there were date. Little, yeah, second date. There were there were little things here and there all along the way. And Our second date. We were meeting after a long day. We were both separate doing things and I asked the waitress to bring over some <laughs> some bar nuts because he was hungry. You didn't know the significance of that. <laughs> but I guess he was very hungry and me asking the waitress <laughs> to bring some bar nuts really sealed the deal. It impressed me. <laughs> okay. How to create space for independence. So I'm really glad that someone asked this because I actually think that you could be a little bit more independent. <laughs> you you need me to ask the waitress to get bar nuts. I didn't know that theme would carry along so far six years later. No, we really only get a few hours together per week. I know Evan's job is more demanding than most jobs. He right now leaves work at 4.30 a.m., comes home at 10. And so independence, you know, I have a lot of independence during the day and my self-care rituals are very in place. But you kind of need me me for yours often or you think you need me for yours i think just our, it was very different when we were in dc my yeah. current schedule doesn't really allow for much flexibility especially during the week right. you know as you said you're sleeping when i leave for work mm-hmm. and i'm sleeping usually you're asking it can you go to sleep <laughs> from the moment i get back home so it's right. always within about an hour of when you're going to sleep when i get right. home so you know there really isn't much flexibility during the week that's just the reality of it right so create space for independence I think I just we have very independent lives and any relationship really needs to think about how do you come together after living sometimes parallel or completely different direction lives. And it's difficult because we usually only get the weekend together. You're going to be going the on call soon. Focal point always. Yeah. But, you know, we usually trip up halfway through Saturday. It takes us to like even right now we're on our like little anniversary moon. It took a solid 24 hours to like get to this banter place. Right. Yeah. It there just takes a little bit to flow into it. Okay. Okay. How do you manage doubt if they're the one to marry? So I, I don't, I'm not sure what this person meant, but the way I took it was once you're engaged, do you have doubts about marrying them? And I just wanted to mention that being engaged is kind of strange because you're on the path to marriage, but you're not there yet. And any sort of trip ups, you kind of put extra pressure of what does this mean? Is he the right one? Is she the right one? Are they the right one? You start answering and asking all sorts of different questions once you're engaged. It's, it becomes the focus of your having a plan, what you want in a, in a marriage, and you see so many different things come together, and where are you going to live after, and all these other steps. But as far as doubt, I think what's the best way to deal with doubt? I'd say time was what pre-engagement. Mm-hmm. You know, time sure. was one that that's what clarified that. I think for both of us and addressing the issues. I think that that stood there. The issues in the beginning of the relationship that I thought were deal breakers. You know, we addressed and we worked through and. They became non-relevant yeah. issues, and I'm Our sure for you as well. Our foundation was pretty solid by the time we got to engagement, but we did get into a big fight when we were in Paris last year. We were engaged, the fight where you had the best meal of your life, and I don't remember it because we were in a fight and I didn't oh, talk to you during it. that was great lunch. Great Great <laughs> cafe in France. Uh, but I don't remember the details of the fight, but it was, it was a great lunch. <laughs> I don't remember the details either, which you know goes to show, but I do remember toppling. That is what I always tell you with a fight. Sometimes when... When you're hanging on, and this is an important thing for everyone, when you're hanging on to 
you're so angry in a fight. And oftentimes, if you think about, will you even remember what the fight's about three months from then? And uh, I don't really subscribe to that mentality because the, the details of the fight might be not important, but the feeling is. And if that feeling isn't addressed, right, addressing is good. And that's what I always told you to right. address it that day. You never but go to I, bed. That, you never go to. It's okay to go to bed angry, but you should address. You should at least right. address the but thing. That piece you of should advice, never go to bed not addressing it. That doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't make two people stronger. And that's in any relationship. It's better. But know. that piece of advice kind of lends itself to think, oh, it's not a big deal. Sweep it under the rug. It won't matter in a year. So just to kind of zoom back in. But anyway, on that trip, I remember thinking that I couldn't even focus on the details of the fight because I was so mad at you. And it was like, well, now I don't even want to marry him in the moment. So I think that it's important to really keep the fights to a fight and really separate out the two and know that it's kind of normal to have those big doubts during an engagement. No? Oh, I'm sorry that I doubted you, but you didn't doubt me. I'm fantastic. You had nothing to doubt. <laughs> Moving into wedding questions. So right now we're on our one year anniversary trip. Tomorrow will be the big day. Uh, tonight is the night that would have been the rehearsal dinner a year ago. And many of you know that I had a panic attack this night. So the night going into my wedding, I had a panic attack. The night before getting married, that's how we kicked it off, which was very stressful because like Evan has mentioned here, I have sleep issues, but I've gotten them so under control for the last three, four years even. And then the night of my wedding, it all comes back with a vengeance. And well, the pressure, I think Lisa fully has sleep issues under control, but it, except if you confront them of, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to have trouble sleeping, then th- Ooh, that yeah. it psychs but, her out and she psyched herself out that night. And uh, it only compounds. I don't compounds. think that's why I had. But, but also I think our idea for, you skipped over all our wedding planning and you know, our initial ideas for a wedding were very, very different. So Evan wanted a big wedding and I wanted a small wedding. So <laughs> so we had a big wedding. <laughs> the reason that you quote unquote convinced me it didn't take that much was you said we never go out. We never see all of our friends and family in one place. This is the one opportunity to do so. I want to do it. And so Evan, you haven't even seen your friends in the past six right. years. And no, it, I'm certainly happy we did in retrospect. Do you agree? For sure. Because it's, you know, it had nothing to do with a big celebration as it might have looked like on Instagram. But it really had to do with people. As you said, the people I consider my closest friends because, I mean, medicine doesn't allow much time for other things. You can have time for everything. And when I'm not at work, I'm with you. And as a result, people that I consider my closest friends, I literally hadn't seen in four years. Most of them you met once. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was an important time to make time for all the people that mattered to me. Right. And so just so everyone does know, our our wedding was big, but it was very detail oriented. And I wanted every guest that flew to Florida to feel valued for being there from gift bags to if you were not a drinker I made sure that you had a non-alcoholic beverage waiting for you with a fun straw to it wasn't purposely big it was no, it no, was no. as small as it could be I think with every single person there no, but it was, was somebody... nation and yeah. it was da, 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 you know so just so everyone knows that there was, was a not... lot of thought that went into each person and and a lot of thought. what we could do to welcome them the well, one thing that we did that was not accommodating to all of our guests and it was a surprise to everyone. And this is one of the debates more so outside of just the two of us, but from our family, we decided to have an entirely plant-based weekend. (laughs) That was one thing that went over well with most of the guests. Mm. 
there were certainly some guests that weren't pleased with an all plant-based weekend. Yeah, so I never announced that on Instagram because I just thought it needed more conversation than I could give in an Instagram caption. So I'm glad you did. Evan eats vegan and I don't have a label. So I'm not vegan. I eat fish. I eat eggs. I eat dairy sometimes. I eat, I don't know, whatever, you know? So And no one in my family is vegan. Yeah, but Evan was adamant that he wanted a plant-based weekend. So starting a rehearsal dinner, our wedding, and the Sunday brunch. I wanted for one weekend to not have to ask, oh, is this vegan? And to mm. not think about it. And and for me, it's no different. Like, it's no big deal for me as long as it's food. So I also, though, wanted to show other people that right. people always, when they say, oh, you're a vegan, oh, what do you eat? You just eat lettuce? And I actually rarely eat lettuce. So I want, to me, it was an opportunity to show people what plant-based food actually is with mm-hmm. all of our ideas. I wanted people to see how Lisa and I eat every day and Which introduce not... them to plant-based food. And especially because wedding food often isn't very good. You know, a lot of people in our family, when we were bouncing the idea off of, said they didn't want to have a vegan wedding. Don't force people to be vegan. Said, I'm forced to eat, you know, a but grilled just, asparagus like... plate every time I've ever been to someone's wedding for one night. They can need actual, you know, mac and vegan mac and cheese. No, but here's the thing. The, the thing is, is that it doesn't actually push anybody's dietary requirements on them because vegan encompasses those things Everything, the way we saw yeah. it. So it wasn't like we were giving people here, this is steak, but it was tofu. We were very intentional to make sure that it was just good food, period. The concept is really, let me show you that this is not vegan or special. It's just foods, you know, right. better. So it's not it's not a carrot hot dog. It's just a carrot and it tastes really good and it's exciting. And we made sure that the menu wasn't foods that to trick them. You no, know, there was we, no cause I, I don't eat that. There was right. very little of, you know, replacement meat. It was all real food. But pastas, that, you know, and pizzas people love and, and flatbreads and rices and, or, you know, things that that are that we eat all day long that doesn't need a vegan label. No. And no one was supposed to know that it was vegan because we just we didn't want the, the, that focus there. We knew that people don't be like, oh, what's this vegan stuff? Anyway, a few people, a lot of people found out thanks to your family leaking that. <laughs> but but most people were very impressed that the food was just good, period. And it was just good food. Going back to my panic attack, Evan thinks I had a panic attack because of all the planning and the details. And the part that was important to me was getting married on the beach. I love nature. And that night we found out that that was probably not going to happen because of a sandstorm. That was not the reason for my panic attack No, at, I think it was all. about the complexities of... Not at all. People that were present at the wedding. I believe that my panic attack, there was just so much energy, good energy, floating around the night before, and it just zapped me. I was like buzzing with electricity, and I couldn't go to sleep, and then I started thinking I couldn't go to sleep, and then I was freaking out and freaking out. So that's where the panic attack, I think, kind of came from, and I've learned so much about myself since then that if I were to do this wedding again, (laughs) I would still do my wedding again, but I would probably do the rehearsal dinner, either just family or two nights before. For just so that the energy isn't so big, not because I love the rehearsal dinner. I, I would not have too. changed that. No, I loved it too. It was at Planta. We love Planta. It was fantastic, but I was just so buzzing from all the energy. Hello, welcome, did it? You know everything, whatever. So most fun parts of the planning the wedding. It was all fun for me. Like Ex- I said, <laughs> except for when it came to contracts with vendors. Oh, that, I hate that. Took out all the and fun. And I hate dealing with money in general. So that's definitely a thing. But I didn't want that big wedding. But I did decide. Side, you know, I didn't just get thrown into this. I decided if that's what we're doing, I'm going to really indulge myself in something so quote unquote, sorry for those of you that have been like dreaming about weddings your entire life, but so stupid to me. 
for me, a wedding has always been in, not this thing that I dreamed of of a little girl. It's always been in perspective. And I it always felt unimportant. I'd rather have the money for a house or a trip or an experience. That's what I always thought. But I said, you know what? You know, I've been working so hard on my career these last few years. I want to get so lost in the details of planning one <laughs> night and put my heart and my soul and my creativity into something that I knew would only last a night. So for me, I tried to really allow it to be a fun process with the exception of, like Evan said, contracts and negotiations. You know, so many people are trying to pull fast ones on you. People are trying to rip off. They yeah. know that you're you're excited and they try to take advantage of you. They, I think yeah. a lot of vendors, that's part of the process. There's surcharges for, you know, oh, it, would you like to have the sun come out today that's going to be a surcharge <laughs> I mean, things that you can't even think of and they they know that you're not going to want to say no so you know th- that part was stressful but the planning process i planning think allow yourself to get fun. lost in the minutiae and the stupidity and the frustrations of making table arrangements you're going to lose your mind but it's going to hopefully if covid non-covid ish weddings return but allow yourself to indulge in something even if it's stupid that's what i say because you must enjoy the wedding planning process because that's what you're going to remember more than the actual wedding we had a lot of fun with that we did become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from trinity school of natural health trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products trinity grads are equipped to change lives With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. So best advice for someone overwhelmed planning a wedding. 
I would say stay focused on your love for each other. Things are indefinitely going to go wrong at your wedding. So many things went wrong for ours and it was so frustrating and you just have to keep moving forward to stay present because the night goes faster than you can imagine. You will not even see half the things that you plan, even at a small wedding. We never stepped foot into our cocktail ceremony. We did, but we didn't make it very far. We never stepped foot through the threshold. We were were at the door entryway of the cocktail party. We never actually made it in. That's why we did plan our wedding for our guests. And we wanted entertainment to be amazing and really amplify the experience for them. The wedding really was, we wanted them to be happy and then we would be happy. So any advice for anyone overwhelmed? Just have fun with it. Don't lose sight of the big picture. I love that. There's things in life that are worth being stressed about. Planning a party is not something that's worth being stressed about. If you could do your wedding again, what would you leave out or do again? So for me, I would do the same thing, but in our current backyard, which is our house. The hotel that we got married at was so nice and the guests loved it, but their hospitality was so crap that it's not even a place that I want to return to, which yeah. stinks for, you know, the, the where yeah. we got married. I mean, the it was a food, beautiful place. The food was incredible. It was, it was no, the, the most hotel inc- is beautiful. Yeah. Everything no, was beautiful. They executed the food unbelievably. The aesthetics of the place, everything was great. We loved all that. But the service was, it was one of the worst services of any hotel which I've ever actually been to. didn't make us feel special well, or like neither we brought... of us have any interest ever going back, which is sad. <laughs> right. We could, we joke about that the night after our wedding, we're staying there and we didn't end up eating dinner out that night because we they couldn't get a reservation. They yeah. messed up our reservation and they wouldn't even honor our reservation the next night. We ended up having room service at <laughs> 10 o'clock, which th- so, that yeah. explains that. And that's but, weird for me because I'm such a person Yeah, I would have that... done it at our house if we had yeah. it to do over but again. But actually... I'm happy we did it there very happy we did it there a night like that you know you want to be able to go back and have just the best memories of i would have still gotten hair extensions i regret not getting hair extensions i'm still happy i convinced you not to get hair extensions (laughs) evan hates fake hair and i've never had (laughs) fake hair but i i just i still would do it to this day i look back and i just think oh i really want hair extensions i wish i got that not a big fan i don't like how it feels don't like how it looks and that's my regret i think it's nice to look how you look every other day of the year that's a beautiful piece of advice for everybody listening. And I did do that with my hair and my makeup and everything. It looked great. I thanks. I do think it looked great too. Everyone <laughs> wants to know. Well, if you don't know, I spent three months working on my vows for Evan. I coordinated with the band to break out into a <laughs> Hamilton song that I wrote my lyrics over. And everyone wants to know, when did Evan write his vows? So I always think there's going to be more time. I had ideas. I've thought about it for a long time ahead of time. I, but no, with everything, I always think there's going to be more time. And I can't believe you're admitting this. I had a lot of ideas, j- jotted down some just thoughts kind of in my notes section in my phone, played it out in my head a couple of times. And I kept thinking, oh, just there'll be some downtime during the day of the wedding where I'd be <laughs> yeah. able to just That's where downtime is. And write it. And then all of a sudden we were taking our photos with the family. And I realized just with the schedule that it was basically going from photos 
to the wedding and when we were headed from the room where we were taking the photos downstairs to take photos outside in the elevator I think I was trying to quickly edit the notes on my phone to, to try to piece it all together I knew exactly what I wanted to say I just needed to pull it all together and then so up to the wire up until I was walking down the, the aisle. aisle and when I remember walking up the steps into the building when we were walking up those steps I, I was just trying to fine tune it just to make sure everything and that is worked out but it so worked Evan. Out. So Evan. It so worked Evan. out. I finished in time. You stuttered and... a few times because you didn't know your words. <laughs> Not stuttered. You like you messed up your sentences because I they didn't make sense. Because you never read it over once. Yeah, well, yeah, I finished it. Yeah, I didn't have time to. It was one draft. It, but I think it executed great. One draft. I'm great very execution. pleased with my vows. <laughs> I loved yours too, though. It uh, definitely surprised me. I was not expecting that at all. I remember then, when you were reading that from the iPad and then looked up and I heard music and all of a sudden I'm like, why are they cutting you off? Because all of a sudden they started playing music in the middle of Lisa talking. I'm like, why are they cutting her off? I look up and then she started singing and I was shocked. And I can't sing. So it was, you know, all for the smile that I saw that day and the one that I see today. Anything you wish that you added to your wedding? I'm going to take this question as you're doing your wedding the same way. What do you wish that you knew? So we hired amazing people that I didn't think I'd have to tell anything to. Like they would just know. But I mean, even the best people, I think you should communicate your exact needs of especially if for photo, for video, things you want to capture. There was a lot actually that was lost that, you know, for me, I really care more about the memory and I have that forever. So this isn't like, oh, my gosh, you know, I messed up. Up, but I wish that I told them to take close-ups of the food. I okay. wish that there was what? I said we did in the elevator going up. We, we told them sure very to, last minute. We yeah. should have had a, a shot list. A shot list is important. A video, you know, all those little things that even if you hire the best people, they're still not going to see it like you do. So no, even communication is very important for every step of it with your planner, person. with every communication is critical. But the actual day, there's nothing I would have changed of that. Definitely for post-wedding stuff you know communications critical but i think what do you mean post-wedding stuff no what, what you're saying with photos that we wish we had memories of or video clips that we wish we had memories of but the, the actual wedding you know i try to think what i've well, done that's something just advice i would give to anyone yeah. planning a wedding is to be so specific with every vendor and communicate everything in email you know so that they have the checklist i would say that because if, even if you're not again even if you're having a small backyard wedding there's details for a 15 person event that just other people it won't translate the same way and you're still always going to be let down in some way it's not going to come out how you want so just remember to be present yeah i think everything came out the other way i wanted you wanted it to be an outdoor wedding but i I was i think everything really came out perfectly I had a big vision for that and I put all my creative energy into that. But, you know, at this point with COVID and all the weddings that got whatever. Oh, it's and crazy at that the point, stress was, that people have to deal with. Yeah. But we were talking, you know, today at breakfast, though, what I said, I said, still the best brunch I've ever had in my life was the brunch the day after our wedding. Yeah. So, you know, no complaints, especially in context of, of COVID weddings. But I was still so let down after the wedding, embarrassingly so, because I'm somebody that lives in the present moment and moves on and doesn't sweat the small stuff. But I had put so many details into the ceremony but you know I could confidently say a year later a way less than a year later that it's not something I think about anymore post-marriage life questions has the year felt long or short both not related to marriage at all just I mean a lot's happened this year we moved to COVID. New York we We got a house We, we bought a house we you started a job drove up from DC, there was, you know, so much stuff, you know, we literally have to move all our stuff 
from DC in the middle of mm-hmm. of a pandemic. There was working in a hospital during a pandemic, which was not fun times. There was starting a new job, starting a new house. Start, you know, there was so much stuff aside from just our new marriage of life. Lisa started two new podcasts, one of which we're on right now. There was a lot you. of there was a lot of new stuff. So I, I think a lot the year, happened in the past. I wouldn't say year. long. You know, everything went by quickly, but but a lot definitely happened. A lot in a year, but certainly it's pretty unbelievable that one year ago today we were you know on our way to Planta for our rehearsal dinner. That's scary to me. You think of a year as so long. Did our relationship change in any way after being married? Not really. I don't know. I think it did. I think there's even like a newfound level of, I wouldn't call it like relationship safety, but when we fight, the first option is not, you know, this doesn't work. It's resolution or work towards resolution. Yeah, and I've always been a makeup person. You changed that to the how do we make up type of thing? How do we grow from this experience? That you I outgrew have you. Changed. I outgrew you. You outgrew me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm growing so fast that I literally it's, outgrew you're you. You're catching up to me. It's, no, I've I, always been, you're catching up to me. I've always no. been a resolved person. You never like resolving from things where now you've switched to saying. I feel like you could all hear in his voice that I'm right. <laughs> No, I really want to talk deeply about the things that are in our way so that they don't get brushed under the rug and they don't become pebbles under the rug that we're constantly tripping over. I want to make sure that every wrinkle in the rug is ironed out before we continue on because so many relationships that I, I see that fizzle and relationships that happens and even the best of relationships. But I truly believe that sweeping under the rug happens because people are, I'm not going to say lazy because that's, I don't like that word, sloppy. I think people get sloppy with their relationship. They get tired, which people have a million things on their plate. Things plateau and things go to the side, definitely. But it is important when you're dealing with the wrinkles to Mm -hmm. get the wrinkles on both sides, not just (laughs) the other person's side. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We will make sure to unwrinkle both sides. (laughs) So I do 100% accept my flaws. That's what he's trying to say. And I think I do a, a better job than you realize of that. I feel a newfound safety to confront things in the way that says we have to get through this and I want to do so not so be, so it feels good today. So it feels good in a year from now or two. Well, you've done a great job. Thank you. What quality or quirk do you love now that you've <laughs> discovered post-marriage? I think we discovered a lot about each other oh, pre-marriage. Yeah. Uh, I, I discovered something pretty big post-marriage. This was question was, what do you love? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the big shocker on. So we were living in D.C. And we moved back to New York to our home. And what I didn't know when oh, we yeah. packed up all of our stuff to move back from D.C. Well, to New York. We've always lived in an apartment. So we had lived in a one-bedroom New York yeah. city apartment. Then we moved to a much bigger apartment in D.C., but still an apartment. And from there, we a moved home. to a house. And so with all of our boxes, and Evan has a lot more boxes than me because he holds on to a lot of journals in our home. Apparently, there was a secret stash of boxes in a storage storage. facility that has everything he's ever written, worn, licked, anything that he's ever touched has been hoarded in a storage facility unit that now lives in our home. I was a history major in college. I like history. I like (laughs) preserving the past. And I don't like parting with things. And as a result, I've... 
collected a lot of things. Do you see how you just described time. a hoarder very positively? That was impressive. Something negative about it. Listen, it, everything's, I know what I have. I know where the things are and it's all with a purpose. The other day I saw my fifth grade teacher and she was happy. I still have my fifth grade notebook. You didn't show her. You just said I, <laughs> I had told it. her I was going to send it right. to her. So yeah, I don't love that for him, but I do hope we slim down on things because I hate clutter. I've been, We're not clutter. Yeah, it's organized. No, I've, been but, decla- I've been decluttering and working on that. But at the same time, it, efficient with our time with less things, myself included. Yeah. No, efficiency. That's really where I started decluttering when I realized how it affects efficiency that I'd be, we'd be spending weekends just going through the clutter to organize everything rather than, you know, going for a walk. How do you communicate when you have two different work schedules? Lisa usually will write half of the thought in a text and hope that I can understand the context of it. And then I usually write, please put that into a full sentence. So I think that most couples, even if it doesn't feel like it when you look at Instagram, most couples don't work together. So they're living, again, in two separate lanes of life and they have to figure out how to come together and care about what the other person does during the day when the other person probably does something that they think is boring. Right. In all honesty, the the truth is it's prioritizing it. It's, you know, our time with each other during the week is when I come home from work, when we have our dinner and Lisa's prioritized that and that, you know, her day revolves kind of she she it's not that the day revolves around that but that's kind of the the rest of the schedule becomes flexible to that so that we can have that time and and during that time is our time without phones without tv without you know internet it's just the two of us at a table and dinner and that's usually when we talk and we address whatever the issues are that need address or just have fun or talk about what we did or whatever it is but i think it's important you know for us it's dinner time but for any relationship, they carve out their own time that works for them. But it is important to have that time to connect. Otherwise, you know, next thing you know, it's three months later, we could easily go. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or, or not the one bringing the money in, or you are the one bringing the money in, whatever it is, or not as much money, there's always going to be some different levels in, you know, is that you respect each other no matter what you think of the other person's work or job. And that means listening to what I call their boring stories. You know, <laughs> half the time Evan is talking about, I don't even know what, who, when, where, why, but, you know, I'm really trying to absorb, ask questions so I have, like, a footing in the game. But, you know, it's not the most interesting of conversations most of the time, but if I just don't listen to what, what's important to him for his 12 hours during the week, we're, we're going to lose each other somewhere. And I think that it's so important to not throw daggers into what the other person does for work because that's really hard to recover from when, you know, if you're fighting and you say, well, you don't know what it's like to be me or I bring the money or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I think it's so important to come communicate how you feel and not go there because it shows such a level of disrespect that is incredibly hard to recover from. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think it's hard for people who aren't in medicine to understand what the day-to-day in a hospital is. And, you know, but at the same time, I think every job, every person, everyone works hard and no one can understand 
the stresses of, of another person's job. No matter what it that's, is, even yeah, if it's that's not what a I mean. doctor. No, ma- no so nothing things- to do with medicine, no. Anyone, whether you work from home, whatever it is, no one can understand the, the stresses that another person goes through. So I would say create a merge point. So for us, it's, it's dinner at night. Create a place where you merge once a day or once a week, whatever it is in your life, and tell the other person that you're proud of them. So create a merge point. Make sure that there's a point where you two come together where it's every day or every week and tell the other person that you're proud of them and mean it. Every morning before I leave, I always talk to Lisa, even though she's sleeping. Feed it into my subconscious. Yeah. (laughs) send her off with some positivity for the day. But as far as merge points, aside from just the dinners, for us, an important thing, you know, we go for on the weekends, we go for walks. And that's time, you know, we both like exercising and, you know, nature, just being outside. And and that becomes a point where we talk and decompress and we're not dealing with anything else other than just being with each other. Favorite part of being married? The dinners. Uh, I would say someone in your corner doesn't always mean that they yes you. So I think that's not what you're looking for when you say someone's in your corner. When I say someone's in my corner, when Evan's in my corner, I don't want him to just say, yeah, you did great today. You did great today. You know, he does evaluate me and I evaluate him. And sometimes that's a pat on the back. Sometimes it's a, I think you could have done better. So making sure that the other person's up leveling, but in a way so that you know that they're still in your corner. So it's coming from from a place of we're a team. Definitely. How do you navigate disconnection when it comes to intimacy and in the marriage and the ebbs and flaws? This is a really big year for Evan professionally. So whenever we kind of fall out of touch or I feel like his work is coming before me, I really try to just not take that personally. This, you know, I think as long as there's certain needs being met, then I'm good. But other than that, I think that, you know, Evan not coming home early, for example, doesn't translate to he doesn't love me. So it's important to not make these broad connections that aren't there because of somebody's actions. Yeah, and I think it's just important to confront and talk about things rather than, as you say, brush things under the table. So communicate your needs when it comes to that stuff. Like with anything. And people have different love languages. So, you know, I took intimacy to not just mean sex. I think intimacy is just a feeling of connection and make sure that your partner knows what it takes for you to have a feeling of connection because 30 seconds of real good connection can go so much farther than two hours of non-quality time, you know, sitting on the couch next to each other doing your own work. So presence goes a long way. All right, questions regarding fighting. When you fight, how do you make it not unforgivable? So I'm gonna give my tips and then you give yours. Don't go below the belt. Which means don't bring in family. Yeah, that was my next one. Don't bring in parents, I write. So don't say, you're being like your mom or you're being like your dad or... Yeah, if you're ever <laughs> under Lisa's skin. <laughs> Use that one. Those two lines go, go a long way. Or maybe something not even that specific, but don't bring in family. Your family always does this. You're like this because but of your family. that's also the bigger thing. Don't bring in anything else other than what, what the is? actual problem is. Deal yeah. with the problem. Don't bring up the fights from, you know, whatever you did to piss me off five years ago. If there's a fight today, it's you deal with the fight, deal with whatever that issue is. Don't bring up something someone did because that doesn't help anything. I say the main point is don't try to make the other person mad because you want a reaction out of them. That's usually why we go below the belt is because we want to see that they care and we think it takes going up and around and saying mean things to get there. But the truth is there are way better ways to get your messages across and it starts with saying, I feel this. 
what is your biggest disagreement and how do we compromise? So I'm of the theory of if you agree on everything as a couple, you're not growing. I think that not agreeing is fundamental to being separate yet together. And so some of our disagreements remain that way and being comfortable with disagreeing and still being a unit is important to me. Yeah, no, you don't need to be clones of each other to have mm-hmm. a relationship. I think that's really important. Really important. I hate to see when people become clones of each other. It just bores me. How do you confront bad behavior from your partner? I think we have different ways. I smother and Lisa abandons. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's our like <laughs> instinctual or primed ways that we do. Yeah, Evan, when something's wrong, he will just... I mean, it's amazing that he even broke up with his exes because he wouldn't <laughs> let them. I mean, you just... You don't like go and I need time and space but no I say how I feel or how it made me feel but I will say that I don't necessarily do it in that moment I think it's important to know that just because you're feeling something in that moment if you are any relationship if you're married or not is it doesn't need to be addressed in that exact moment sometimes there are variables taking place at the same time where it's inappropriate and it makes the flame even bigger you're at a dinner party or you're in front of people so I think it's important to recognize what somebody is doing and have the conversation later on right you know I'm someone who likes to deal with things right then and there Mm. you know I think that's a good example when there's other people when you're at an event that's when it's worth postponing something and dealing with it at a more appropriate place because then you're not going to get the real reaction from the other person because they're you're not going to be able to either a rush place or they're what are you doing in front of other people where they're embarrassed and then there's ego involved so better if you table it i think it could be even more appreciated by the other person on on a team the same team it's important to always be on each other's side what drew hubby to wet walnuts uh budaberry so tell people Buda, what, well, what walnuts are. So, well, I had no idea what, what walnuts were. To me, it was just something that my grandpa would eat, <laughs> or at least I would think An that he topping. would want. It's a topping. It looks like the disgusting thing at you know an ice cream stand next to the the maraschino cherries or whatever, however you pronounce mm, that. I forgot about this. And it's just walnuts and some syrup. But anyway, we went to Budaberry. It's our favorite ice cream place in Out Sag, Sag Harbor. Harbor, which is in the Hamptons in New York. And I don't know it how we discovered wa- it. But, wet walnuts, oh, ask us about yeah, them. It says ask us about them. So we decided to ask about it. And the owner who has such passion for, for every ingredient that's there, she makes the walnuts. She rolls fresh walnuts in maple syrup. It's and under your eyes. Yeah, it's custom made for each person. And I figured, you know, what, let's try this. And it happens to be unbelievable. And ever since then, every time I go in there, no matter how many people are in line there, we always get our custom yeah, so this, wet walnuts. This place has the like, about 10 or 12 different frozen yogurt flavors and then 50 toppings. If you don't know Evan, the best he toppings. loves ice cream. He does not like cookies, cake, donuts, apparently muffins, which no, I love dessert. muffins. I'm the so sad dessert, you don't like only, muffins. Any frozen dessert I like, I don't like non-frozen desserts. And I've tried this now since... Since I discovered it at Blueberry, I've tried it at a couple of other places. It's not worth trying at all. But if ever you find your way in or Sag Harbor, make, make your own. Yes. If you find your way in Sag Harbor, go to Blueberry, try the wet walnut. But it's very easy to make at home, too. Strongly recommend it. Will we try for kids? Yes. Definitely. We all know Lisa is weird. What's the weirdest thing that you love about her? The random things that I find underneath her pillow. <laughs> 
she's uh, has this fear i think that she'll be abandoned on her bed scarcity mindset. So, yeah this scarcity mindset so just random things she keeps underneath she her pillow. My special everything under- everything she finds throughout the day she collects and just stores them like a squirrel burrowing under her pillow in different areas under the bed just all sorts of random things and it drives her crazy if i take any of them touching my stash she goes crazy like a (laughs) rabid squirrel there's nothing under there for you he only goes there to annoy me like literally half the bathroom products will end up there just in case you never know if she's going to need emergency neosporin at four in the morning so that's under the pillow just in case chapstick <laughs> earplugs all the essentials pillow really. spray it's pillow spray all the things oh, hair tie let I mean, me also everything. just disclaim that as of this moment we don't have bedside tables no so that contributes to it although and, you did do this in dc but right now we yeah. are living on our mattress that's pretty much the only furniture in our house yeah. so there are no end tables which makes it difficult because if i put my hand down to the side i either can't reach the floor or i put it in my cup of water so that's so it just goes under the pillow Okay, how did Evan support you knowing your disordered relationship to food? So you didn't really. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I, I want to kind of solve honestly before that. That be- it, it became actually, less. It, that really wasn't an issue once we met. Well, you actually, didn't know. Well, okay. The difference is we started eating out at restaurants, and so that's what I was gonna say. And we'd have these elaborate meals again. That's what I was gonna say. You know, when, I when say, I'd say we'd go out to restaurants, like this isn't just you know get a quick. They were always elaborate meals, and that became the central point. I mean, of our more evening. elaborate than sweet green. You know, yes. so going out to a formal restaurant, or a but sit down. It was going a sit down, multi course meal. From where we started in the beginning, you know, Evan liked to dine out. In our first week together, we went out to dinner three or four times. And Evan didn't know that he was supporting me. But for me, I was so used to my own home cooking for most of my meals. Again, at that point, I really had a lot of my big stuff taken care of. But I guess it was this kind of final leap of just being way more flexible and open-minded and not knowing exactly what was in everything. Yeah, when you're at a restaurant, you don't know if it's olive oil or canola oil that went into the ingredients. I mean, you care, but yeah. Right. No, but the point is at home, it's, it's a lot easier to be disordered because you can control everything yeah everything's controlled when you're at a restaurant you don't control you Mm -hmm. have no idea there's also no nutrition label on the side of the food so Mm -hmm. you have no idea and i think that for a lot of people for for a a lot of girls who have disordered eating i know that that is you know a big Mm -hmm. hurdle eating at restaurants not having you know having things the way that it's prepared as opposed to dressing on the side bagel scooped yeah and evan you know even though he eats vegan he's still such a foodie and so so much of our life was like prioritized around food but like in a very different way than how i prioritized around food previously and it was fun to have fun with food honestly and before evan interestingly enough i was never interested in pasta i just thought pasta is about the sauce and the vegetables and evan loves pasta and from dining out I developed my inner wisdom around food, really honing in on like what feels good, what tastes good, trusting myself, figuring out where a comfortable place of fullness was and really paying attention to flavors of what I like versus what, you know, I was told was not good for you and therefore I thought I didn't like. So pasta is such an interesting one for me because now I'm such a 
snob sort of when it comes to <laughs> pasta and how it's cooked. And I so appreciate a pasta and I get it. So I, I was at my tail end of my journey really with Evan, but I'd say that without him knowing and without me knowing, it kind of was the big fall where all of a sudden my values are so in line with my life. And even though we love food, the focal point isn't about the food still. Because right. like Evan said, going out to dinner wasn't about food. It was about relaxation and connection and, you know, New York City dining and all that fun stuff at the time. Yeah. You know, that was the graduation from it because you had already got into the point where, where you... Uh, you had completed kind of that journey from that. Yeah, um, I guess so. No, because I remember before I followed your pre mm. pre Lisa Haim, there was the well necessities, mm-hmm. and then before pre that. the well necessities, mm-hmm. very few people yeah, who are along on the journey. No, I, I followed before I ever met Lisa. I followed just because I was this vegan that loved peanut butter. So I'm gonna talk about those days. Yeah, and I followed. I followed. But you unfollowed I, me. Yeah, I was too I, healthy. After a while, I got got over it. No, well, yeah, healthy girl Lily. Mm-hmm. That was your disordered eating stage. Yeah, and very much so. I had discovered her on Instagram, as I discover many people on Instagram, mm-hmm. and introduced Lisa to it. And I was a follower for a little while, and then after a while, I I moved on. But yeah, by the time that we met each other, I'd say your your disordered eating you had completely. Yeah, I think you had past. more of a role in it than I had also realized, and and even to this day, just reflect on that question it's interesting to kind of see where I was and where I am now six years later so those are all of our questions we are going to wrap up this episode we are staying out in the Hamptons for two nights at this hotel where we did our mini moon which ended up being which our honeymoon because we didn't go our honey, on a honeymoon and we've got dinner planned and tomorrow we're, we're going to just enjoy our one year anniversary for real so Ev thanks for coming on I know this is out of your comfort zone but everybody appreciates you being here and thanks everyone who submitted your questions anything you want to say to the audience thank you and forward to seeing you soon (laughs) thank you (laughs) thanks everyone i hope you have a great day become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from trinity school of natural health trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products trinity grads are equipped to change lives With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.